Are you ready to live the all-in life? Then welcome to the All-In Podcast Show, sharing the defining moments of impact-driven entrepreneurs, industry pioneers, and transformative leaders as they showcase their defining moments and went all-in on their business and found true success. From the early steps in their journey to the moment they truly took their commitment to their life and business to another level, we'll give you the insight you need to go all-in on your dream life. Now here's your host, Daniel Giordano. Welcome everyone to the All In Podcast Show. I'm excited today to share a great message uh, about a, uh, I call it a compadre, uh, entrepreneur, father, you know, who's out there doing things in the business world. And I'm excited to have you here, David Jennings. Thank you for having me, Daniel. Very much looking forward to the call. Well, I am um, excited that you are down under, right? So we always have a little bit of challenge scheduling wise to get people you know, from down under here. But, you know, I'm excited that you made the time to be here. Yeah, pleasure. I, I am on the other side of the world. And that means time zone wise, I'm in the future as well. So, so I know sometimes it's a hard thing to try and line up the future. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Give me some stock picks or some investments. Yes, that's right. That's right. What's well, I can, tell you, I can tell you that the future looks bright. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. So, so I love to hear just a little bit about your background and your, like where you grew up and, and uh, you know, then we'll talk about what led you to where you're at today. Yeah, well, I grew up in Melbourne, Australia, and have been here pretty much from day dot, done a little bit of traveling, but always lived in Melbourne. And uh, I, I remember always being uh, an entrepreneur from right at the start, it came from the idea of parents just not quite having enough consistently, and it being the cause of a lot of different problems. And then that really planted that seed early on that, hey, I don't want this for myself. So I want something different. And that really put me on that journey and that search uh, to sort of become an entrepreneur, to try different things. Uh, I remember one of the very first projects I did when I just left school, I read a book uh, called The One Minute Millionaire. And it told about this guy who sold the Brooklyn Bridge. His name was Paul Hartunian. And uh, he saw them doing some renovations and got his hands on a bunch of this discarded wood and then chopped it up into pieces, wrote a press release saying New Jersey man sells the Brooklyn Bridge for 1995. And basically, long story short, he got swamped by the media. And that was kind of uh, the start of his career. And, and here I was, I just read that book, driving past the MCG, which is uh, the Melbourne Cricket Ground here in uh, Australia and we're a little bit sporting mad here in Australia and the MCG might as well be a religious icon like it's just worshipped over here we love our sport and they were doing some renovations on the MCG just read the book drove past the MCG and it was fireworks just went off in my brain I was like wow I could replicate what this guy Paul Hartunian did so I got my hands on a bunch of the discarded wood and carpet and wrote a press release saying Melbourne man sells the MCG for $24.95 and send it out, got on sort of radio and in the newspapers and on TV. And I basically took little pieces of the wood, chopped it up into, or, or took pieces of the wood, chopped it up into little pieces and then stuck it to certificate paper and then sent it out so people could own a piece of the MCG. And that was kind of the start for me. That was the first thing after school, but I was very hungry and tried a lot of different things over the years. That's awesome. I love that. Love that story. Yeah. So, so as you uh, started to have that journey and you had that, you know, we'll call it your, you know, your first win, right. Um, you know, 
what was the uh what was the next step for you like you know how did you turn it into you know yeah well that particular business like in hindsight you learn a lot of different things but that really was a promotion I, it wasn't really a business i didn't really have a back end where i was going to be selling multiple products uh, I, i'd gone ahead and acquired these clients but then had nothing to do with them afterwards so that was a bit of a learning but then i started trying a range of other things I, I was quite interested in the stock market and i went and did one of those weekend courses learn how to trade the stock market and on monday morning you'll be warren buffett so i took out a big loan to do that course and then at the end of the course i realized you needed to have money to trade the stock market. And I didn't really have much at that point in time. I was living with mum in a two bedroom flat, stacking shelves in a supermarket. And, but then on what I did acquire was a bunch of knowledge going through that course. And I identified a problem that people in that space had, they didn't know how to use a particular charting package, like a, a stock market charting package. So a colleague and I wrote a study guide on how to use this particular program and then we launched it and it did really well in our immediate community but then very quickly after that i realized having a great product wasn't enough i still needed to then get the word out and that's when i got interested in some classic direct mail stuff you know started studying some of the greats like your dan kennedy's and jay abraham and even earlier back for some of the copywriting stuff and then uh, I crossed over to some of the internet marketing. And then that really got my attention for a good number of years, just learning how to market better online, mm -hmm. uh, using everything from YouTube to search engine optimization. And then they had some changes in the Australian financial law here in Australia, where uh, you need a certain level of licensing to be selling financial products. So I actually ended up changing that industry. My business partner went in one direction, I went in the other. And I built up a considerable team at the time doing all of the online marketing stuff uh, for, for the stock market education products that we'd built out. And then um, I thought, well, maybe we'll start offering these services through to a small business here in Melbourne. And we started up Melbourne SEO services, uh, services which was a, a digital agency. And I ran that business for 13 years and I was probably stuck in it for about 10 years. I'm um, really just kind of knee deep in, in learning all things, digital marketing and, um, yeah, it wasn't until we had like a little bit of a turning point when, when we found out we were pregnant. I know we just had a little bit of a chat just before the start of the show and you, you were telling me a bit about your story and how that was a real defining moment for you to get out of the construction industry. And for me, it was, I don't want to be that dad who's always too busy, who's working early mornings, late nights, weekends. Uh, so I, I thought, right, well, I need to learn how to build this digital agency so that it works without me. And that's really what set me on the path that I am today. Um, over about uh, 12 months, focused heavily on systemizing that business. I hired a CEO and then she ran that business for the last three years uh, of that business's life uh, until she got a little bit of a bombshell, actually. Um, her family uh, is actually based in the States and um, she had some things that she had to attend to. She flew back to the States um, and, and when she returned, she basically put in her resignation. So I was um, stuck with uh, the business that I'd not worked in for the last few years. And my passion had died for that uh, particular space. And I'd moved on and I was working with a lot of the, um, the systems related stuff that we, we talk about in systemology. And uh, I, 
I decided, well, maybe it's time to sell that business. And because we systemized it, I was able to exit. I found a buyer uh, and he's still running that business to this day. And I've really changed focus now. I think just stepping away from the business for those few years made me realize that sometimes in business, you kind of just fall into something just because something happens and then you take a step, something happens, you take another step, something happens, you take another step. And it's not necessarily strategic. It's more just, hey, that's what feels right in the moment. Whereas this is the first business, my systemology business is the first business that I'd had some time off and I really thought, well, what is it that I'm interested in? What do I want to do? What impact do I want to have? Uh, and and that's kind of brings me right up to this day on uh, on the work that we're doing with systemology. Right. Yeah. So so it's interesting as you're sharing that, you know, what was coming to me is like, OK, you're talking about systems, but also, you know, uh, what it takes to run a business at a certain level to take yourself out of it. And you were successful doing that prior to. Right. And then really being passionate about, because I think a lot of times people miss that, right? And it's like, they, we just get into things. I mean, this was a defining question for myself as well. It's like, why do I do what I do, right? Like I grew up in that business. That's why I did what I did, right? And I, didn't, I never questioned it, right? I never asked like, is this all there is to life? It wasn't that I wanted more. It was just, I wanted something different, right? I knew there was something there that I felt. So when you, when you recognize that and the passion about like, things you're excited about, right? Or at least have some interest in, right? So much, so much easier, you know, uh, to work in a space of, you know, something you have interest in, right? Yeah, definitely. Well, the, the, I know your listeners, there are, um, they're, they're pretty much entrepreneurs and business owners. So they already get the idea that this is hard work. Like there's no two ways about it. As much as people will make the internet lifestyle look easy and kick back at the beach, put your feet up and have large amounts of money deposited into your bank account with little or no work. As much as that sounds like the internet dream, the fact is it's hard work to get very clear on who your target audience is, understand a problem that they have, have a product or service that helps to solve that problem for them that they really appreciate and value, then be able to consistently deliver that solution over a period of time so you're consistently delivering value through to your target client and to get it then to work without you that all of those steps involved in that process it's there's a lot there and it takes a lot of work and it can be all consuming so um, and you'll have highs you'll have lows you'll probably have a lot more lows than, than you have highs so you have to be passionate about it because it has to be something that pulls you through and, and draws you through those challenges. Um, you, you can find different motivation. Like I, I mentioned for me at the start, it was, I just wanted to have a different life to what my parents had. That was what was started it. Right. But then that also needs to change over time too. Right. That's good. So, so what, what were some challenges we mentioned? You mentioned one about, you know, the CEO exiting the last company, but what would you, you know, want to share that with people that are listening to this that, you know, to realize that, you know, there's going to be things that come up, right? It is hard work, but there's, you know, some setbacks occasionally. So what were some of those yeah. setbacks that you may have experienced over the years now? Look, one of the biggest ones, and it really relates to the systemology side of things, I intuitively knew that business systems was important. Like I had been involved in the stock market education space and you would define a trading system, which would give you entry and exit points and money management. 
And that was, you would pre-think that up front, this trading system. I also was involved in a rock and roll clothing music store called Planet 13. We tried to model it off Hot Topic out of the States, if you're familiar with them and bring it to Australia. And when we went down the franchising route, we needed to create systems and processes and a franchise or manual and a franchisee manual. And there'd been a few times when I'd realized that systems are really key for getting consistent results and making something work without you. But for some reason, I got stuck in my digital agency for 10 years where I was pretty much doing the same thing day in and day out. It was almost like I was just on this treadmill solving the same problems, having the same clients pop up and needing some help on this or that or having people following me up or needing to make sales or just answer everybody's questions, whether it was staff or clients, they would all just come to me. And I I somehow made my, like tricked myself to think that, oh, this business was different, that it couldn't be systemized because, well, the search engines, they're changing all the time. So how could I systemize something when there was so much change? And we had a digital agency, so it was quite creative. And I thought, well, even if I create systems and processes, my team's not going to follow them anyone anyway, because they're so creative. And I thought I'd need hundreds of systems and I overcomplicated it in my head. And that whole process really is probably what trapped me in that business I would say about seven years too long. I think it takes a few years to get in, figure out your product to market fit, get the product mix right, figure out the way that you're doing things. But as a business owner and an entrepreneur, you need to evolve at every single step and Mm -hmm. to step out of the business and move up to that next step after I figured that stuff out, that was the challenge. And I feel that is a challenge that so many business owners get stuck in. They're not able to make that jump to move from, hey, I've got traction and a small team around me, but it depends on me and I'm the bottleneck to a a system and a process that's able to deliver that consistent outcome for the client without them involved. That's a real challenging step. And that's that's where I kind of started work. And, And it wasn't until I had that turning point that, hey, we're pregnant and I don't want to be that dad. That really was what got me to go, well, I know I've seen people build digital agencies that work without them and grow beyond them. So I know it can be done. And that really was, you know, the bit that pushed me to go forward. But I, I, I look back and there's like a good seven years where I was just literally doing almost the same thing day in and day out. So that was probably my biggest challenge. and, And I look back on was just getting trapped in the business and thinking that, that's the way it is. And, and, you know, this business can't work without me. Whereas today, I think if a business can't work without me, it's actually broken. Having mm. any form of key person dependency, whether it's me or another team member is a huge amount of risk. And it means that the business can only grow so far. And that's, yeah, that, that was a big insight. That's great. So um, the, the funny thing is like when you, when you talk about it, it's like I could see in my life and I'm sure people listening are hearing it as well for, for some of the things that we do uh, over the course of our careers and businesses, like where we're doing the same thing over and over again and wondering why, you know, things aren't changing or is there a way to get me out of this? You know, always, you always hear, how do I get out of the business and work on the business, but not in it. And, and, you know, you, you see it there was like, here's the systems guy, right? <laughs> Right. Yeah, and you're so good at doing it for others, right? But then doing it for yourself, that doesn't apply to me, right? <laughs> it's like, and 
and you're right. I think where I got stuck was like, I mean, I'd heard the lines to work on it, not in it. Right. Um, you know, I'd read the e-myth and built to sell and work the system and traction and scaling up and all of these books, they all talk about business systems, but none of them told me how to do it. Right. It was always, okay, well, where do I get started? What are the first 10 to 15 systems that I need to get in place? Right. And that was, that was the problem that I saw. And then that systemology, why I wrote the systemology book was to answer that question from how do I go from no systems to at least having a basic operating system in the business that handles the different departments? Like how do I, what a handful of systems and it's the 80, 20 rule. What's the 20% of the systems that deliver 80% of the result? And how do we identify those from, you know, the handful of systems that grab people's attentions? You, what's your sales system? What's your onboarding and your core delivery and getting people to come back? Most people don't have that right. And just capturing what you're currently doing. So it's, um, yeah, I, I think it's such a common issue with small business that the reason it's also such a blind spot is most business owners are big picture visionary thinkers they're not detail oriented systems people. So what I work when I work with those visionaries, I don't get them to fall in love with systems and processes and documenting them. I actually don't like writing systems and processes. Mm -hmm. I, I don't, it's not something I enjoy. It's not something that I'm good at and it's not the best use of my time. But what I did fall in love with is the result. I fell in love with what great business systems can bring to your business. And I thought, well, how can I make that happen where I can bring someone else in, a team member, and train them up who does enjoy the systems and processes. Maybe they're watching what I'm doing. I give them a Loom or a Zoom recording or an iPhone video recording and say, great, here's how I did this thing. Now can you create a system or a process off the back of it? There's just small little tweaks like that that really can be the game changer for the business owner. Nice. So from the perspective of, I want to hear a little bit about your routine, right? Yes, oh, yeah. Because, because especially as a productive, I would imagine, you know, you just nailed a couple things there around, you don't really enjoy the systems, right? You know, and putting them together, right? Um, because that would be insane, right? <laughs> just like, right? right. <laughs> um, but some analytic types enjoy that. But what does your daily routine look like for you to be like operating at the most, you know, productive you, right? When you, when you realize like the days you're most productive, getting the most things done and feel like you had a win. What does that look like for you? Yeah. And it, it's a little bit um, hit and miss. Sometimes it's more missed than hit. And sometimes I have a couple of really good hits throughout the week. Usually a productive day starts with having a clean slate from the day before. So getting clear on what the top couple of priorities are and also then having a crack at getting on top of the email and Slack and some team communication the day before. So mm -hmm. that way, when I approach the morning, I feel like I've got the space to just work on the one or two priorities. Right. And then as the day progresses, then I kind of move into some more of the admin type stuff and answering the team and, and those sorts of things. So that's probably one of the, the biggest ones. Uh, I'm, I try not to be too hard on myself. I definitely, when I was younger, single, no kids, I would put a lot more pressure on myself for how much I was working, like crack of dawn, late night, weekends. That was pretty much the norm for a good number of years. But now 
I feel like a lot of that hard work went in up front. So I try and be a bit more strategic. I want to be more present. So generally speaking, unless I've got a very early morning podcast like this one, I'll, I'll be making the kids breakfast and getting them started for the day. Uh, you know, I always love to have a, a sit down dinner with the kids at the end of the night and help put them to bed and bath them and do all that sort of stuff. And then generally speaking, I don't do a huge amount of work on the weekend. It's, it's, it's usually quite a small amount of work. So it, it's changed a little bit and I don't think there's a right or wrong there. That's another thing. You know, some people I hear them, Hey, you've got to be, you know, working only between these sorts of hours, but I, I can't say that now. Cause I look back, and all of that burning the midnight oil for me has created the opportunities that I've got today. I'm now getting to reap that reward many years later. So different, uh, different courses for different horses kind of depends on where you are. But I think, if anything, just uh, starting with the, the most important priorities first is a great place to start. Right. Nice. So as somebody's listening right now and they're wondering, this is great, I'm not a systems person or I need systems in my business, right? What would be like the first thing or, or a series of things that you would say, you know, here's where you need to start or what you need to think about? Yeah, oh, and this is an easy exercise. I, I talk about it in the book, Systemology, which you can grab on Amazon, but you don't even need to get the book to know uh, this particular exercise. I mean, you just need an A4 bit of paper. I would get that out and in the top left-hand corner, just write down um, who is your target audience. You know, it's the dream client who pays your advertised prices, uh, is a pleasure to work with, refers friends and family, comes back and purchases from you consistently. Think of that dream client for your business. Then think about what is the primary product or service that you would sell to that dream client as the first introduction or gateway to the rest of your products and services and working with you. So what is that first starting point? On this A4 bit of paper in the top left-hand corner, just start with that. Then what we do is we map what we call the critical client flow. And it's just the linear journey that the uh, prospect and then the client goes through and the business to deliver that core product or service. Keep it very high level, starting off thinking, how do you grab their attention? Also only think about um, what do you currently do, not what you would like to be doing. Because it's very easy to start populating with things you'd like to do. Just start off with what you are doing. How do you grab someone's attention? Then move down. Um, the box underneath that would be, how, uh, how do you handle an incoming inquiry? Um, that might be, if someone's interested in after you got their attention, is that an email, a LinkedIn message, a phone? Like what, how do you handle that incoming inquiry? Next, do you have any sort of qualification process or what does your sales process look like? You know, do you get them to fill out a quiz and they book on your calendar and then you have a Zoom call with them, whatever that looks like. Then after that call, do you send out a proposal? Just keep moving down the page. Each step is just one box and you're not putting more than two or three words in each of these boxes. Then the next step, we kind of move down. Do you have a follow-up process? And then the next step after that, do you, um, once the person's ready to go, how do you take money? Do you take 50% up front and 50% on completion or do they pay all up front or all on completion? Then the next step after that, uh, how do you onboard that client? How do you get them to fill out a questionnaire and get them into your project management platform or you know, start the process for getting everything that you need? And then how do you deliver the core product or service? And then finally, how do you get them to come back? Now, if you just map that linear journey 
of the prospect through to client, through to the delivery, and you get it on an A4 bit of paper and you say, this is what I'm currently doing, not what I would like to be doing, and just start there. Now, if you've got a particular pain point, narrow in on that first. So if you say, well, I've got enough leads, leads aren't my problem. My problem is that, you know, I, I have annoying clients who follow me up every two seconds and want to know where my project's at. Well, then you start in on onboarding and delivery. Or if you say, I don't have enough leads, then start off thinking about, well, how are you generating leads? So you use this as a, a starting point that what we've just done in that very simple exercise, if you take the time to do it, is identify the 10 to 15 systems that you should focus on first. Because if you can map those, your business can then start to deliver your core products or services without key person dependency. And that's the goal. That means the business can make money without you. So just focus on that doggedly until that's done. And then you'll get a tremendous win. Wow. That's, that's some good stuff there. I'm sure we could teach on that for days, right? <laughs> right. Um, Great, you know, great words of wisdom. I love it. You know, it was a mini, mini training right in and of itself, yes. right? So very powerful. Thanks for sharing that. Um, so uh, as we start to close here, what would be uh, the best way for somebody to find out about you? Yeah, look, the book, uh, I, I wanted to make something that was useful and complete. So mm-hmm. I tell the entire system and process systemology, which is create time, reduce errors and scale your profits with proven business systems mm-hmm. is it's on Amazon. Uh, if you're an audio person, cause you're listening to this, you can grab the audible as well. Uh, Michael Gerber, who wrote the book, the e-myth reads the forward and his wife makes a cameo in that audio version as well. So it's a little bit of a, a fun one to listen to. I, I would suggest starting there. You head to systemology.com forward slash book. It'll link through to Amazon and audible and, if you're interested in uh, some of the other work that I do, I've got a, a podcast and you can grab me on social media. Like all of the links are from that systemology.com forward slash book. Right. Well, I thank you for taking the time to be here today and getting up early for me. Right. And, uh, and the audience here. So I appreciate being here. Yeah. Pleasure. Thanks for having me. And uh, no doubt we'll talk soon. Yes. Thank you. We want to thank you for being all in with us on today's episode of the All In Podcast Show. For more information and resources based on today's discussion, as well as ways to connect to our guests, head to allinpodcast.com. That's available exclusively on allinpodcast.com.